Good morning, everyone. I uh, hope you're enjoying this morning's content. Uh, we are, have reached the point in our little online get-together. We're going to open up the Bible together. And uh, for those of you that have been journeying over the, the past couple of weeks, you'll have known that we are journeying through words that Jesus has spoken in the Bible. And uh, what better words to look at just now in this season? We're going to be reading John chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 35 and read to verse 40. So you can get your Bible ready, uh, check it up on your phone, or click if you're on the chat function, the online platform, you can click on Bible. And if you've not got one, you can have a wee look on there uh, and, and get it from there. So just to give you a little bit of context around the passage, we see healings, lots of healings happening, lots of amazing, miraculous things Jesus is doing and encountering people. We see lots of crowds following him interacting, looking for him. And, and Jesus essentially is challenging why they are seeking him out. Why, what is their, their true purpose in, in seeking him out? So we're going to pick up at verse 35. And uh, why don't I say a prayer before we do that? Lord, we thank you that we uh, have your word readily available to us, Lord. We don't want to take that for granted. We pray that these words will be like life that just jolt through our bodies, our souls, our minds, our hearts this morning, Lord. Pray your presence will, will dwell, Lord, will dwell as we unpack these, these life-giving words. In Jesus' name, amen. So, verse 35 then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Amen. Amen. So we are going to look at when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We're going to unpack that. But just before we do that, uh, these past couple of weeks on lockdown, it's important to have things to, to lift our spirits, to bring joy. And uh, Maddie and I quite like watching comedy and like the likes of Peter Kay and Michael McIntyre, just quite lighthearted fun. And it reminded me of a comedian called Mickey Flanagan. And he has a joke about going out out. Let me explain it to you a little bit. Imagine I'm popping out to see a friend. So I popped out to see a friend, uh, no, I popped out to do shopping, sorry. I popped out to do shopping. And while I'm doing my shopping, I, I see a friend. So you'll have to imagine this pre-lockdown. I see a friend and we're chatting and uh, we're catching up and they say, well, hey, why don't, we, why don't we go and get a drink? Why don't we go and get a meal, uh, get some lunch and catch up? So we end up doing that. And I haven't seen this friend for ages and, and we end up being together for about four hours. And then at that point, we see some other friends who are coming into the place that we've met and they're going out for a nice meal. They're going to make a night of it. They're going to be out for a, a long while. And they come up to us and they go, hey, Thomas, and let's call the other guy, I don't know, Jimmy. Hey, Thomas and Jimmy, great to see you. Uh, are you coming out, out tonight? 
And we were, we were like, coming out, out? Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to. I just popped out, and now I've ended up out, and I'm not going to go out, out. It got me thinking reading this passage. It's just a funny little joke about going, are you going out? Are you going out, out? Are you going to make a night of it? It got me thinking reading this passage and the people that Jesus is engaging with, they might know him, but they don't know him, know him. They don't know him, know him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but right now in this season of uh, just everything that's happening, I want to know him, know him more than ever right now. And I feel the Lord is peeling away insecurities in us to to make an unswerving devotion to him in this season. To know him, know him. If you are sitting, perhaps watching this, thinking, "Ah, I don't really do this small group stuff or connecting in that way. or I I don't want to take this Jesus stuff too far. Or I want to keep control of certain areas where everything else just feels out of control. I pray that this little, uh, this little message that, uh, that Jesus whispers really clearly into your hearts this morning. So to know him, know him. And uh, if these people did, these people that were, were challenging and questioning Jesus, if they did know him, know him, they would know that he is the answer to the needs of the human heart. That yearning, that gaping uh, moreness, the longing, the searching, the questions the pain, the anxiety, the future. We find him in our struggles. To know him, know him in the uncertainty of of this season, of this lockdown. And I, I felt God whispering as I was reading over this passage, as Jesus declaring, I am the bread of life. To, to say to a couple of us, to stop being over there by yourself struggling. Come on over. This is Jesus speaking. Take rest in me. Let's do this together. And this pain and uncertainty and stress, we'll do it together, but I will carry it for you. I will carry it for you. You're not meant to do this alone. I am with you right now. And, and also, just I felt the Lord whispering through uh, my preparation that it's okay to say you are struggling. It's okay to say you are struggling. A couple of us were, were just, just feeling overwhelmed right now. And it's okay to say that it is too much. It's feeling too much. Lord, I just pray, presence of God, will you come? Will you come right now? Will you bring... Just bring your comfort, bring your reassurance, Lord. Bring your love. Just pour in love right now. Still hearts, Lord. For those of us that are are saying we're struggling right now. Calm, Holy Spirit. So there's a, a couple of things Jesus, this bread of life, brings us when he comes. And we know him, know him. Just want to dart through them. Dart through them. I want to rattle through them, dart through them, I've never said that. Firstly, nothing ever stays the same. We've seen, we see time and time again in the scriptures, a hope that is revealed for all. What We see water into wine, that miracle at the wedding that Jesus, the first miracle he performs when he's here on earth. Uh, we see the women at the well who uh, was shunned and not spoken to. We see a lame man. And it's not just a little help, a lame man who was healed. We, we don't see just a little help. We see a big change to how things were. 
Without Jesus, we see the woman at the well. And, and Jesus knows she has five husbands. And the one that she's with now isn't her husband. There's prejudice, there's rejection in her life. She has to go herself to the well at a certain part, point of the day when no one else is around. Then Jesus comes and interacts and, and, and brings, uh, just brings identity to this woman. We see a, an invalid for 38 years in pain, reliance on others. Then Jesus comes and we see healing. We see a celebration, a wedding, a banquet run dry. No more wine for a wedding. Then Jesus comes. Big changes, new beginnings. The old is gone, the new has come. Jesus brings newness. That's what he does. Water turned into wine. A woman spoke to, validated, valued. And Jesus' majesty revealed in that moment. A lame man who walks again with the words, rise, pick up your mat and walk. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of DIY this, this last week and I'll report back probably in the next week how it's going. But uh, in our old house, we used to have a wall in a kitchen that we transformed into a blackboard wall. Seemed like a good idea at the time, but the, the kitchen turned very ominously black and dark at that time. So it lasted a wee while. But with this blackboard wall, we would write our recipes for the week. We'd uh, get people who were coming and visiting the house to, to say a little message. So it was plastered all over with people's messages so we could remember uh, good times we've had with friends. But uh, once you're rubbing it out, it was annoying because you you try to rub it out, but you could still see the faint kind of messages and what we'd written on. You could still see the marks on the wall. And what I actually took was another coat of paint. So it wasn't the greatest blackboard paint. But it just reminded me, when we know Jesus, when we know him, know him, when we uh, journey with him, that blackboard wall, the stuff that, that he wants to take from us, there's no, there's no marks left over. He wipes it completely clean because he uh, loves us. And with this bread, everything changes. Everything changes. It's a new beginning. And we see in verse 28 and 29, uh, the people ask them, what, what must we do? To do the works that God requires. And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And uh, that's just the passage just before uh, the one I read. And they're asking, what can we do? You know, what can we do? And it's a reminder that it's not about us. What we can do in return. You know, friends do that, don't they? When we receive something, it's like, okay, I owe you. I owe you. I need to even up. And we can blow up living that way with Jesus. Why? Because we'll never match up. It's about salvation, him saving us. It's about grace, a love that is not deserved. Nothing needed in return. We can't match up to it. And with Jesus, we are clean today. We're never going to match up, but we can respond. We can respond. This bread of life stirs a response in us. To love as he loved us. And right now in this season, that is key. I wonder what that looks like. I want to suggest a few things. Perhaps it's going through our phone when we've got a bit of time spare and, and phoning up some friends. Perhaps it's checking on our neighbours, putting a little note in through the door. Perhaps it's donating to food banks, that extra couple of tens to the, the places that we mentioned earlier. Perhaps it's being generous 
with what we've got in our hands, to love well, to think of others, to be brave in the mix of, of doing that in a safe way in this season as well. I, Mary and I, I, a number of years back, went to the, the, I was about to say the movies, does anybody say that? Went to the cinema to see Les, Les Miserables, Les Miserables, and uh, we were singing all the way home, because the whole movie is a musical, it's, it's sung, so we were going, Mary, I think we should take the bus home, and what are we going to have for dinner tomorrow? And uh, I might do the rest of my talk like this, no I won't, I'm joking. But there's a bit at the very beginning with Jean Valjean, or early on in the movie, who's the main character. And there's a minister who says this, Don't forget, don't ever forget, you have promised to become a new man. And Jean Valjean says, why are you doing this? And it was to do with Jean Valjean who was stealing something from the minister. And Jean Valjean, the minister says, My brother, you no longer belong to evil. I have ransomed you from fear and hatred. You no longer belong to evil. I have ransomed you from fear, evil and hatred. Jean Valjean in that moment will never be the same again. And it's the exact same with us. Jesus changes everything. And right now we are called to live in light of that, if you know Jesus. Not to retreat. Yes, we're to be safe. But what is God whispering right now? To love well, to host his love, to give to those around us. I was really encouraged by a friend who had delivered little chocolates at Easter to every house in their street with a little note from number 26 with love. And just simple acts of kindness. What does that look like for us right now? And also, uh, when Jesus comes, everything we are, he's everything we've been looking for. He's everything we've been looking for. Uh, there was a restaurant in Aberdeen where we used to live called Cosmo. And Cosmo was like culinary heaven on earth. It was every cuisine in one room. I mean, on your plate, you could have Chinese food, Indian food, pizza, chips, and uh, just whatever you want. I mean, that sounds incredible as it is, doesn't it? What other place would you get to do that? And uh, there's that satisfying feeling after being at a place like that. But then about three hours later, and when you visit these places, you have that declaration moment where you go, I'm never, ever having a cosmos again. I feel it. I feel it. But there also comes a time after those moments where we hunger again. And we see in verse 31 to 33, the crowds are referencing and comparing to a, an account in the Old Testament with God's people when God provided manna in the desert. He provided food in the wilderness, which was given to God's people as they were exiled, as they were in the wilderness. And a correction moment comes from, uh, from Jesus in this moment where he says that wasn't from Moses, that was from God. But still in that season, there's that inner ache, that hunger again. And then we read in verse 35 in the second part, Jesus says these words. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Wow. What amazing words. He's everything we need. We'll never go hungry. We'll never go thirsty. And in this time, in this uh, context of this passage, materialism ruled. These people were looking for their bellies to be filled so they didn't have to work. 
But Jesus offers fulfilment to the point that you'll never need to look again for that spiritual hunger. Food that endures to eternal life. All other breads will leave that hunger ache like the manna in the wilderness. It will leave that sense of dissatisfaction, of, of being at that same place again. I wonder right now what breads we have been eating. And I'm not on about Warburton's or Hovis best of both. But where have we been looking to fill the aches right now in this lockdown season? What are we snacking on? What is hitting our plates daily? What are we feeding ourselves late at night? Are we opening the fridge of faith? What are we seeing in that fridge? Is it empty? Is it stocked up? You know, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he implies the fundamental, elemental role that he claims to fulfill is in relation to the yearning of the human spirit. He is everything we have been looking for. So I want to urge us right now to eat well, to snack well, to keep safe a lot, but spiritually keep safe, to be in a small group, to invest in our prayer life. There's no greater time right now than to cultivate new habits with Jesus. And for those of you who are listening in, who are on the fence, who don't quite know if uh, they want, you want to follow Jesus, he, I want to urge you that he is the answer right now to that longing, to that aching, to the questions, to the fears, and he would love to walk alongside you with that. And we read in verse 37, uh, All those that Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. The message version says, Once that person is with me, I hold on and I don't let go. We have, round from our house, the biggest set of stairs in the world. They are. They are. The biggest set of steps. You thought the, the scene in Rocky was bad. When I get to the top of these stairs, I'm shouting, Adrian, Adrian, and doing a couple of punches. I'll go on my run, I'll slow down on them. But then if I see somebody coming, I'll have to get going again. You know that way when you're running and you can't walk past somebody in your running gear. But these steps are, are, are mammoth. And often I'll, I'll walk them with my two boys. And often I'll get from and my youngest, that just these words as I look down at him, and maybe a couple of stairs up, and he'll just go, Daddy, can you carry me? Daddy, can you carry me? And this will often involve me carrying Struan in one arm, having Joshua's hand in the other, and walking up step by step. And Struan on these steps, either whether going up or going down, I can feel his grip tighten. He like clenches into me. I can feel his head resting on my shoulder. I can feel him pushing me that little bit closer to him. He's tight, he's safe. What a picture that is of, of reassurance this morning, just as I come in to land and, and close. You know, right now, and I feel for a whole load of us, those are really good words to cry out right now. Dad, can you carry me? Dad, can you hold my hand just that little bit tighter right now? Because what I'm looking at seems really big right now. It is really big right now. 
every circumstance. He will hold us. He will carry us. Any moment he is there, every decision, he is there. The promise of God. You might be close to God right now or you might feel incredibly distant. Can I urge you to cry out to him? Some of us will be sitting, understandably, in fear of the future or the now in a a situation uh, that we're facing in the week ahead. We might have that, that feeling of just fear and anxiety of having the kids around for another three weeks and that uh, just sussing out routine and structure or another three weeks of being alone and social distancing or another three weeks of heading out as a key worker into uh, a risk environment. We might feel ill right now. We might be self-isolating or have a fear around our jobs or money or family or health or relationships. Fear of how we support one another right now, how we keep going. I want to to say, don't give up. Remember the stairs, that picture, the steepness and the call for him to carry us. Call out to him this morning. In the mix of this virus and the loss, to invite God's peace again and again into our situations. And to pray, pray and pray some more. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray your thoughts when they come into your mind. Pray them. Pray the Bible as you're reading scripture each morning or evening or at any point. Pray out what you're reading. And if you're able, ask where he is calling you to bring hope this week. Jesus says, I am the bread of life.